Welcome to Haunting History, the podcast that reaches back into the past for the events that still haunt us today. Tales of true crime, mystery, and the macabre. And when we're lucky, the stories were history and the people who lived it and the paranormal meet. Now who doesn't love a good ghost story, right? Welcome back to Haunting History Podcast. I'm your host, Kat. And I'm Haley. First, I want to give a shout out to our new Patreon, Jennifer. Hi now. Hi, Jennifer. If you want to join Patreon, you can go to patreon.com, search for Haunting History Podcast. We have three different tiers, fan, listener, Stan, as little as $2 a month. So I thought that we used the name Stan. Do you remember why I said that we need to use that? No. Because one of our listeners wrote in like a comment saying that he's our new Stan. We need to come up with like a group name, like you, like like a team name. Like team name team. isn't the correct thing, but you know what I mean. No, I get it. Like, like to call us. I know. I've heard other podcasts call their like listeners their weirdos, which I don't. I don't like that. Maybe not, but and then we this, need one. So if someone come up with something and yeah, something message cool. us, email us. Yeah, because this author that I follow calls her calls. I want to say us because I follow her and I love her books. But she calls us her kittens. That I, I don't like that. I don't think I like that one either. No. So something cool. Think of something cool. And message Haley. Just tell Haley. She'll decide if she likes it or not. Because we'll just get in a big argument about it. Probably. I'll like one and you'll like another. And blah, blah, blah. We all know how much I love old Hollywood. And you can't get much older than the Hollywood Roosevelt. Financed in part by the Roaring Twenties Kings and Queen of Hollywood. Louis B. Mayer, Douglas Fairbanks, the silent screen queen herself, Mary Pickford, and Sid Grauman of Grauman's Chinese Theater. The 12-story hotel has 300 guest rooms, including 63 suites. God, I want to stay there. It was built in 1927 and named for U.S. President Theodore Roosevelt. The hotel has penthouse views of the Hollywood Hills and the Hollywood sign. Have you, do you remember what it looks like? I mean, yeah. it's been a long time. No, and I've definitely never even seen the inside. No, I'm 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 intimidated to go inside. Why? It's very posh, and I always see it like influencers and stuff like hanging by the pool and all that stuff. And I feel like it's not a place for you. No, I just feel like I would look like tourist Sue walking through the hotel in my flip flops, like maybe looking around for a ghost. I feel like I hear more about the Beverly Hills Hotel than I do about the Roosevelt Hotel anymore. Really? Yeah. Oh, that people go there, like the influencers go to the Beverly Hills. Well, they've always done that, though. I guess, but like, I don't know. The Roosevelt Hotel seems like it's something from decades ago. Well, like the Beverly Hills Hotel is more like happening now is what you, I feel like. Do you ever hear about the Chateau Marmont? No. You never hear about that either? Mm-mm. See, that was a big I thing, avoid too. I avoid LA like the plague, so. I know, see, and I love it. I, I've always, I always wished you would live there. No. It makes me sad. It's so dirty. But every time we drive down the street, you look at all the apartment buildings. Oh, yeah. Because like the idea of living in like city, I guess, is cool. But or like West Hollywood where it's like happening all the time. Yeah. I mean, like when I turned 21, I had a friend that went to USC and we would go down there and go out often. But it's not a place that I would make the trip down there. But you probably haven't spent a lot of time in Beverly Hills, which is absolutely beautiful. Um, no. But you, when you go to bars and stuff down there, didn't it, was it one of your favorite bars down there? The one with all the locks or whatever, we had to figure out how to get in. Did you do that or did someone else? No, I didn't. We just went in downtown LA. But you went to like a speakeasy type bar down there. Yeah, once, I think. I don't remember. And you just didn't, you just not your scene. See, you belong in Nashville with me. Mm. You need to move to Tennessee. You're not a Hollywood girl. 
Built in Spanish colonial revival style, the hotel is designed in a T-shaped layout and has beautiful features of wrought iron balconies and arched windows. Building it took a year and a half and at the time cost what seemed like an astronomical amount. That time, it was $2.5 million. Can you imagine what that is? Do you know what that is today? I have no idea, but I would assume a lot. Yeah, it's twenty over $25 million. So to them, back in... Did you not act like $25 million well, is a lot of money? No, it's a lot. But for a hotel, it makes sense. Well, there's houses in the Hollywood Hills that cost more than $25 million. Yeah. So I guess in comparison, it doesn't seem like a lot. It's known for hosting the first Academy Awards on May 16th, 1929. Which, by the way, you know how the Academy Awards goes on for hours and hours and hours? Yeah. Back then, the first one was only 15 minutes long. That's an, an award show I could watch. Yeah, no, they probably had the most fun because they just did the got the business out of the way and just had, well, it wasn't also televised or anything. No one else. I mean, people would stand outside to see the stars arrive, but beyond that, it wasn't like a big publicity thing that it is now. Mm-hmm. And it, oh, it was held the the original Oscars was held in the famous and supposedly haunted Blossom Room. And I don't know if any of our listeners are I Love Lucy fans. You're not a big I Love Lucy fan. No, I mean, I've seen it, but I I don't watch it. But you've watched, you enjoyed it when you watched it with me, right? Sure. It's just a good show. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's old, but th- one of my favorite episodes was, was filmed at the Hollywood Roosevelt. It was the one where the Ricardos and the Mertzes came out to Hollywood for Ricky's studio contract. The whole episode is filmed at the Roosevelt Hotel and by the pool. In fact, so many shows have filmed there, most recently an episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is your dad's favorite show. I wonder if he even noticed. The famous hotel has been the site of many parties, too including the premiere party for the new Ghostbusters, you know, the one with the, all the ladies. Yeah. And a season finale party for Game of Thrones, which would have been cool to go to. Not that I'm a Game of Thrones fan. Yeah, never but, seen it. But it's still cool, like yeah. the thought of it. I'll play the video. I mean, I'll play the, the slot machine, Game of Thrones. Legend has it that Shirley Temple learned her famous stairway tap dance with Bill Bojangles Robinson at the Roosevelt and Clark Gable and Carol Lombard, who is my personal favorite, used the Roosevelt, although there's some contention in regards to it, as their tristane place when Gable was still married. Marilyn Monroe is said to have filmed her first big photo shoot by the pool, and she lived at the hotel for two years when she was just a starlet. The list of stars to call the Roosevelt home goes on and on, including Charlie Chaplin, Errol Flynn, Francis Farmer, Will Rogers, Ernest Hemingway, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and the 1934 heavyweight boxing champion Max Baer. The hotel, the premier place to see and be seen in through the 30s and 40s, started to decline in the 1950s. And the, the I Love Lucy episode was actually filmed in 1955. So it must have been after that that it started to kind of go downhill. At one point, I know that they painted it like the different owners throughout the years tried to cover up like the Art Deco design thinking that it was dated instead of seeing that's what made it so special. And they even painted the outside like a seafoam green at one point. That's an awful color. Like completely destroyed the hotel. In 1985, though, Radisson Hotels purchased the building. It invested $35 million to restore the hotel back to its original. Some say that the restoration is what brought out the ghost, though. You know, they talk, they say that. Yeah, like disturbing it. Yeah, Yeah. changing the, changing a building is what can manifest hauntings and Mm -hmm. things. And so a lot of people say that the 1980s is when this all started. The Hollywood Roosevelt is not one of the places that embraces their ghostly guest. There are plenty of people do, that do consider it the most haunted building in Hollywood. The resident ghosts include Marilyn Monroe, who, by the way, is the busiest ghost in Hollywood. I mean, she's spotted 
basically everywhere, mm-hmm. including your gravesite, which I'll never believe. I'm sorry. I'm just not going to believe that. If you're going to haunt something, it's not going to be your gravesite. Mm-hmm. The most significant like story about Marilyn Monroe haunting the Roosevelt was when a member of the housekeeping staff spotted her reflection in a mirror that had once hung in her room. And what they did was they took one of the mirrors that was in Marilyn's room, Marilyn's room when she lived there, which I don't know how they know exactly which mirror it is after so many years and so many people moving things around. But they say that the mirror that was in her room was moved to the lobby. And then now they say that the hotel doesn't have the mirror up anymore because too many people were kind of going in and making it a tourist attraction. Right. And it's really technically, I mean, it's supposed to be like a, a high end hotel. I mean, don't. Get me wrong, tourists stay there, but they would just have people come off the street and tour buses pull up outside to go look in the Maryland mirror, so now they don't have it out anymore. People today often complain of a bugler on the ninth floor who they believe is Montgomery Clift practicing for his role in From Here to Eternity. His spirit has also been blamed for patting passersby on the shoulders, and the ghost of Carol Lombard has been seen floating around the upper floors. That's a full-body apparition I want to see. I don't even know who that is. Carol Lombard. She's Mm-mm. by far my favorite old movie star. She, They say she was glamorous and one of the most beautiful women in the world, but spoke like a sailor. Mm. Like she cussed up a storm, which she just didn't do in those days. But she did, and she got away with it. And I think she's, I don't know, something about her. Some people say that she's still roaming around looking for her one true love, Clark Gable. But not everyone is as famous. There is talk of two men who haunt the Blossom Room. One of the rumors is that one of them is someone who lost in the original Academy Awards, like he didn't get an award or something, which seems a little far-fetched to me. And then um, there's a little girl that's seen throughout the hotel, which some people have given a name to, some people haven't, so it doesn't make sense. There's no actual backstory to a little girl who died there. So I'm not certain if the little girl is a valid haunting or not, but... It's probably one of the top things people talk about when they talk about the hauntings of the Roosevelt. Stay right where you are to hear more about the hauntings and legends of the Hollywood Roosevelt from Craig Owens of BizarreLosAngeles.com and the author of Haunted by History, separating the facts and legends of eight historic hotels and inns in Southern California, right after some promos from our podcast friends. A fascination with the unknown has led me to research countless unsolved murders and missing persons cases. These victims are often forgotten in the hustle and bustle of everyday life. Nevertheless, they need their cases recognized in order to keep investigators working on it. These victims also deserve justice and peace in the afterlife. Here I will share them all with you, giving both the facts and the theories every Wednesday at 3.30 a.m. Check out The Great Unsolved for more information. Hey y'all, I'm Kim. And I'm Lark. And we host Kudzu Killers, Homicide, and Sweet Tea. Each week we discuss the juicy details of real life murders that happen in the southern U.S., sometimes with inappropriate laughter. But we try to be nice. The stories may be old, cold, or recent, whatever we find that perks our interest. 
We download a new episode every Tuesday. You can find us on all the major apps as well as a few minor ones. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, all the rest. Just drop on by our host page at buzzsprout.com and pick your favorite app to download us on and be sure and listen. And be sure to check our blog at kudzukillerspodcast.blogspot.com where we have extra content that was just too much for our little show. So y'all come on, sit down with us and have a big old glass of sweet tea and enjoy listening to us talk all things murder. Bye now. Bye y'all. Hey, Craig. Hi. How are you? How you doing? Good. Are you? you? I'm hanging in there. It's Halloween. (laughs) Which is the best month of the year. Yes, yes. 2020 is a little weird, but but uh, as far as Halloween festivities go, but, you know, a lot of us keep Halloween in our hearts year-round, right? Yeah, no matter what. It's just everybody joins us in October, so it makes it more fun. Ah, well, that's good. Okay, so about the Roosevelt Hotel, one of the biggest stories which I find kind of, well, not kind of, really ridiculous is um, they say their most famous ghost is Elizabeth Short, the Black Dahlia. At the Roosevelt? I've never heard that. Oh, my gosh. It's in every single thing I research. They talk about Elizabeth Short being at the hotel. Which, let's be honest, it's not that unreasonable to think that she had ever been there. I mean, they had a restaurant, they had a pool that was open. So it's not unbelievable to think that she had maybe been at the, the Roosevelt at some point. But to say that she's their most famous ghost seems insane to me. Yeah, that's a relatively new claim. But you know something? They've been, you know, Elizabeth Short's been getting around in the within the last ten years. I mean, she's connected to the Cecil Hotel, and that's totally bogus. I, right. She probably never set foot in there, but there's no documentation showing that. The only hotel that there is documentation. And that's where the ghost story of Elizabeth Short originated, was the Biltmore Hotel. Well, that was the restaurant, mostly, because someone said they saw her there, right? Well, I think with the Biltmore, it was like the last person that saw her alive dropped her off at the Biltmore. Right. And then he drove off. And I believe there were a few people that saw her actually enter the building and then maybe leave, like the doorman. But other than that, no one recalls that much and a lot of it was just hearsay and speculation and everyone was getting involved at that time in, in trying to solve the murder you know the press went to town they went nuts and the police couldn't get straight answers and then you had a whole bunch of people calling in to the police uh detective bureau saying that they know who the killer was or even worse they were the killer and so they had to run down every lead at that point. But the Elizabeth Short haunting the Roosevelt, um, that was definitely not the ghost story when the story started surfacing. And the story. So that's a new one. Yeah, the story started surfacing for the Hollywood Roosevelt around um, 1987, really. That's the first <laughs> mention of it in the, in the um, Los Angeles Times, believe it or not. And it was a very brief mention. It was I've got the article right in front of me, and it's like dated July ninth, nineteen eighty seven, and all it said was um, everlasting Monroe magic. Hundreds of fans gathered at the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel in Los Angeles, California, this weekend, nearly twenty five years after the death of Marilyn Monroe, 
to commemorate the life of the actress in an elaborate tribute that displayed souvenir mugs, film clips, and a lock of her hair. There's a quote from actress Susan Strasberg, who was one of Monroe's friends, who said, If Marilyn were here tonight, and according to what I believe, she is here in spirit, I think she would say, I love all of this. Honest, that's the truth. So that was the first mention of Uh, that, and Marilyn Monroe was actually one of the first ghosts that, you know, people were claiming haunted the Hollywood Roosevelt. What about um, Clark Gable and Carol Lombard? Any truth to that story? Not really. Not in my opinion. I would say that they probably didn't secretly meet at the Roosevelt because it was so high profile. You would want to take a place that nobody really knows about, especially reporters and gossip columnists. What about Montgomery Clift? He's the other big name that's associated with haunting the Hollywood Roosevelt. Yes, he was one of the first he was one of the first ghosts to uh, be allegedly, you know, people were saying he haunted it. And there is some documentation that might support uh, at least his connection with the hotel. He, he stayed there while shooting From Here to Eternity. And I want to say this was around 1953. I'd have to look it up, but it was it was, you know, during production. And as the story goes, uh, he stayed in in room 928 and he was known to pace the halls and pace around the room and practice playing the trumpet um, because he played a a soldier or he played a military person in the film. I can't remember if he was a Marine or army or what, whatever Uh, a film historian would know that. But, but supposedly years later, I mean, Cliff died in 1966 in New York, I want to say, but, uh, years later in the 1980s, stories started to surface about trumpet noise coming from inside room 928. And that story, I want to say it started up around, again, 1987, 1988. And um, you don't really hear stories about that now. I mean, given that the the, the Roosevelt's kind of in denial that it's haunted, when it the the latest owners that bought the hotel so a lot of the stories you hear these days are actually recycled stories ghost stories from the uh late 1980s but it was definitely used as a marketing hook when the hotel opened in 1985 uh it took a couple of years for it to start making the news and there's there's this wonderful book called Hollywood Haunted I kind of like it even though I don't find it completely accurate from a paranormal research point of view, but it's written by Laurie Jacobson and Mark Wanamaker. And Laurie Jacobson, who did most of the research, she claimed that when the hotel was closed and under renovation, various people started seeing apparitions around the place or hearing the sound of ghostly children running up and down the halls in empty rooms. And apparently there was a maid, a housekeeper that was cleaning a mirror in, uh, I believe, a room that they thought Marilyn Monroe was in. And she looked up and thought she saw a reflection of a blonde woman, shapely woman, whom she said was Marilyn Monroe. And so that started the whole ghost story of Marilyn Monroe haunting the Hollywood Roosevelt. And it's still probably the most discussed historically 
over the years, probably the most uh, discussed paranormal claim from the hotel, at least until Elizabeth Short came along. And then the other one, this is the one that drives me crazy. Well, first of all, I don't find it odd to imagine that a hotel is haunted just because hotels have so many events, so many emotions. People live there. They eat there. You know what I mean? Like, just the walls probably retain a certain level of energy. So to think that a hotel is haunted is, and if you believe in things being haunted, to me a a hotel would not be a far stretch just because of all that goes into a hotel. But one of the claims that I read about often, which drives me crazy, is that Rudolph Valentino haunts the Hollywood Roosevelt, but he died before it was even built, right? Oh, yeah. No, he died before it was even built. You know, it opened in 1927. It was uh, partially ascended, I believe, by Douglas Fairbanks and some other people because I want to say – I'm not terribly clear on the history. I'd have to look it up. And I do intend to do a thorough scrubbing of the history of that building at some point. Um, But I believe it had run into financial problems. And so a few Hollywood stars, you know, invested in it as a real estate venture. But uh, Valentino wasn't there. Another story that that was that has been told over the years, and this is one that drives me crazy. I kind of giggle every time I hear it. But one of the stories claims that the Blossom Room, which is where the the uh, Academy Awards were held, the very first Academy okay. Awards, um, that there's a cold spot there. And I don't necessarily doubt the cold spot. It could be true. It could not be true. But the psychic impressions uh, were that it was a dejected winner of the first Academy Awards. It's the spirit of whoever was nominated and lost the award that they're still haunting that room waiting to receive their award. And, you know, this, I'm going to cast shade on psychics who go and do this anyway, but um, psychics have a history, a real history of making things up. And they just make things up based on what little information they know. And unfortunately, it gets picked up and used a lot. In this particular case, uh, the very first Academy Awards, when it occurred at the Roosevelt, all of the winners and losers knew in advance three months ahead of the award ceremony. Three months. So it seems to be... You know, it's very, let me just put it this way. It's extremely unlikely that a ghost of a loser would be haunting when he already knew he had lost, if if that were theoretically possible. So I'm not doubting that there may be a cold spot there. There were a lot of events. Like, as you said, there were a lot of events that took place at that hotel. It wasn't just that one Academy Award. But people, psychics in particular, they don't know this stuff. Um, and, you know, the history is kind of sketchy, so a lot of the online histories in particular and the ones in books, they just kind of hit the the uh, the main points, and a lot of the real stories are forgotten. What about, um, have you heard about the little girl named Caroline that they say haunts the hotel? Yes. Now, Caroline, I believe, is an invention of Peter James. Oh. Uh, he, you know, he made up Jackie the name 
um, Jackie Torn, they were on the Queen Mary. There's absolutely no evidence, no shred of evidence that a child by that name lived or died there. And he actually, he actually um, made up, you know, the death by drowning at that pool. So it's it's suffice it to believe that to say that he probably made everything up about Caroline too. But that's not to say that there isn't a child ghost there. It's just that Peter James had a way of stamping his own personality. And he, he had this weird thing where he'd go from location to location and he was, he always identified children ghosts. That seemed to be his, his motif as a, as a psychic. I mean, he did that at the Vogue theater. He did that at the comedy store. He he did that pretty much everywhere he went. He even did that, uh, you know, when they brought him out to investigate the Camarillo Mental Hospital <laughs> in Camarillo, California. He comes in and immediately spots the energy of a child, you know. So wherever he went, children followed. So, so no, I, I, there's no truth in the story of the little girl then? Um, there have been people that claim that they've seen a little girl. It's just that the code name Caroline is, is probably false. And someone like myself, maybe we, someone needs to go through and actually try to to, to do a, a death search on the property to kind of dispel a lot of claims or to actually prove some of the claims. But there are supposed to be multiple children, but there have been reports of um, people hearing a child. I think there might have been sightings of a child uh, in the lobby a few times, not many, and um, one of the the main paranormal claims has to do with phone receivers being removed off the cradle in the phones in, in empty rooms, and just things getting moved around a lot. That seems to be a a common theme. And I, I actually had one woman contact me, and she told me a story about how she was at a wedding, and she was in a room getting ready. I think she was a bridesmaid or something, and something invisible in the bathroom just started tugging her hair to the point where it was painful, and then it suddenly just released, and she was fine. Um, and I hear stories like that all the time, where you know things get moved around. People thought they saw a shadow. Um, I believe there was a supposed to be a shadow or menacing figure in the basement or boiler room area of the hotel. Um, over the years, the stories changed quite a bit, but the main ones that were retold over and over again were mostly Marin, Marilyn Monroe being seen in her mirror um, at the Hotel Roosevelt, Montgomery Cliff playing his trumpet uh, in and around room 928, and a ghost child named Caroline. What about Errol Flynn? They've been stories you know, about him. Well, okay. That. Peter James said Errol Flynn haunted that place. Uh, there was another psychic who was, you know, barely dodgy reputation, but it was Kenny Kingston, the psychic of the stars. I don't know if you remember him. He had a, right. for a while in the 90s, he had a 1 800 psychic hotline. And he did a piece for LA Magazine where he was at Musso and Frank's. And he just started name dropping all the ghost stars that were in Musso and Frank's. But he also attributed that a lot of these stars 
to the Hollywood Roosevelt as well, saying that that's that's where they all hang out and party. They eat at Musso and Frank's, the ghosts do. They eat, eat and drink, and then they move over to the Roosevelt and cap off their night. So he, he was definitely saying Errol Flynn was at Musso and Frank's, as well as the Hollywood Roosevelt. And then, of course, I really think Peter James just took that and used it for his own claims because he, he claimed that he ran into the ghost of Errol Flynn there. So the general consensus is that the Hollywood Roosevelt, just due to probably history and the thousands of people that have been in and out of there and the events that they've held there, um, is is probably haunted. It just probably isn't haunted by the people they say it's haunted by. I would say that it it is haunted. Uh, it does have a very rich Hollywood history, and I think that's what the owners at the time in the in the 80s and into the 90s they were using the old Hollywood marketing hook by just name dropping names and people love that i mean a lot of tourists that come through the area they want to connect with old hollywood and a lot of them were staying at the roosevelt and because in some cases because it was haunted and you know there were a lot of carol lombard and clark gable fans and i mean if you can get close to them in some way or fashion and a lot of people believe hans holtz or a lot of people well might have believed Peter James too, but seriously, his claims left a lot to be desired. Um, so, you know, people were going there and wanting to, to make that connection. Is there a ghost celebrity haunting the Roosevelt? Maybe. I'm not going to say no, but I'm not going to say yes either. There needs to be like a real serious investigation there uh, where you actually can collect and document data that will either support some of the claims or not <clears throat> and um, you know but a lot of people that go there they already have this um, preconceived idea that Marilyn's ghost is there so they'll you know anything weird that happens they're going to attribute it to her right did she really live there for two full years did what did she really live at the hotel for two like two full years they say uh, I would have to look it up I mean, there are, there are some Marilyn um, biographers that, that know everything. Marilyn is another one of those people, though, that people claim that she lived there, here and there, all over the place. I was able to kind of debunk the ghost, the Marilyn ghost stories at her house in Brentwood, as well as um, the Knickerbocker, Hollywood Knickerbocker Hotel, which was kind of around the corner from the, the Roosevelt um, the history of these buildings do not support the claims completely, and, and there just aren't any consistent paranormal claims that would make me to believe that these places are, in fact, haunted. Also, the people that were making the claims, their character wasn't terribly great to begin with. Right. Um, but with the Roosevelt, yeah, she stayed there a bit. She was there quite a bit. She was at the Ambassador Hotel quite a bit, which is no longer standing. There were a couple of places, even in the 90s, that claimed that Marilyn Monroe stayed there and that her ghost haunts the place. And so I think a lot of people were jumping on the bandwagon trying to get, you know, Marilyn Monroe slept here. She was at the Roosevelt. I'm not going to deny that. She might have lived there for a, a brief period of time. A lot of stars did 
stay there for moment for you know moments of time, periods of time, and the studios also had a way of bringing in uh, potential stars when they signed them and bring them out to L.A. Um, if they had high hopes for them, chances are they did place them in the Roosevelt until they could find a place for them, uh, another place for them to live. So there's that. But you know the studios and the stars, they moved around a lot. Has there ever been a like serious investigation, paranormal investigation of the hotel? I mean, I know that the the current owner owners don't embrace like their haunted history at all. Like they don't have anything to do with it and they don't encourage it. But has over the years has anyone done uh not in my it? opinion, no. No, not in my opinion. Uh I've heard of a lot most of them are just psychic walkthroughs. Um and to me that doesn't really count. You know, mm. you want to have a controlled environment. You want to have someone really knowledgeable about the, the history of the building there um, to fact check any psychic impressions if, if if that were to take place. On a side note, you know, I about 10 years ago when I was doing my own Haunted by History book, um, I actually contacted the Hollywood Roosevelt and asked if I could do a real paranormal investigation as well as a photo shoot for the book. And they told me flat out that the owners, which are, which is owned by a corporation out of New York City, that they're not crazy about talking about the ghosts. They often decline to give any information. But if I wanted to audition for them in New York, I could. And I thought, audition? That's crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, they audition? just straight up told me no. They just, I asked them if, they had anyone that would talk to me about history or hauntings and they straight up said no sorry we're not interested. yes well they like my photos so you know in some places that don't allow paranormal investigations trust my integrity they also love the photos that i take because i make their their hotel look beautiful right. and and glamorous but i wasn't going to go there to audition for them um, if they have a history of turning, you know, such requests down. It just seemed like a waste of time. There are plenty of hotels, historic hotels, with Hollywood history that are much more open and actually would love to actually be able to uh, know the, the real truth behind their properties. So we're going to stick with our general consensus that, yes, the hotel is probably haunted, but no, probably not by... Marilyn Monroe, maybe Montgomery Clift. I that for that for whatever reason the Montgomery Clift story. I mean they 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 said he was practicing for the movie for from here to eternity and he would have been using a, a bugle and people have said that they've heard that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be okay with the idea that Montgomery Clift not necessarily an intelligent hunting, but maybe an imprint of him doing it over and over again. Uh, I, I'll stick with that and I'll stick with the. The, the whole cold spots and orbs and um, they said that they have like phone calls to the operator that just drop off. I'll stick with all that, but I'm I'm. In the children goes. There's probably at least one child, although right. you know, Caroline is suspect. The name Caroline is suspect, but you know, if, if people want to go and test it on their own, they have to do it under the radar. Right. Well, thank you so much for doing this with me. 
Sure. Tell everyone how they can find you and how they can follow you. Oh, yes, you can follow me on Bizarre Los Angeles. Uh, it's Bizarre underscore Los underscore Angeles on Instagram. You can go to my own website, which is BizarreLA.com, and you can find me under Bizarre Los Angeles or my name, Craig Owens, at, on Facebook. And then your book, talk about your book. Oh, yeah. My book is Haunted by History, Volume 1, and it separates the facts and legends of eight historic hotels in Southern California. And, and you have an event coming up um, in October? Yes. It's uh, it's a virtual haunt and music fest at the Queen Mary. It takes place from October 29th through November 1st, 2020, and it's hosted by the TV. And they have just about every paranormal celebrity out there um, on board for this special event. And they asked me, so I get to join them, which is great. And it's only $19.99 for people to join virtually. It's safe. You can watch it from home. Yes. It's not a live event where you can actually show up because the Queen Mary is still closed due to the COVID pandemic. But this at least talking to the producer from the Dark Zone, this is a golden opportunity to actually do a serious investigation because you'll have complete control of the atmosphere, hopefully, and because it's an empty vessel. So I don't believe there's ever been a better opportunity to investigate the claims there. And, of course, they brought me on board to kind of keep it real because uh, I've been there. I've investigated it, but more importantly is I combed through the records and I know which people died there and which people didn't. And um, so I can kind of help focus and keep the uh, investigation on track. It's going to be a great opportunity. It should be a lot of fun. There's going to be music guests. You know, I, there are some friends of mine that are part of the investigators uh, investigation and I can speak to their character. They're they're great people and they take it seriously. So I I think this is going to be a good event and hopefully they'll catch some stuff that either supports all of the stories of the Queen Mary being haunted and maybe a few that uh, pieces of data that might tear down some of the urban legends that have been told about it over the years. Well, thanks so much for doing this to me, and I'm sure I'll talk to you again before Halloween and after. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. Okay, well, stay in touch. Thanks so much. Thank you, Kathy. You're one of my favorites. Ah, same. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Whether it's haunted or not, the history and legends of the stately Hollywood Roosevelt live on, much like the famous people from the past whose stars grace the sidewalk right outside its doors. Thank you for listening to this episode of Haunting History Podcast. We love hearing from you, so be sure to follow and comment on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter at Haunting History Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to all your favorites. Visit our website at hauntinghistorypodcast.com for more information on each episode and links to our Patreon page and all our social media platforms. Until next time, I'm Kat. I'm Haley. And remember, the living are far scarier than any ghost.